Good evening and um, welcome to eTalma 2.0. Um, we're gonna, although this is officially the podcast on Yud Ches Amad Aleph 18a of Chagiga, we're gonna start from Yud Zayin Amabez from 17b, six lines from the bottom, because that's really the bit that that really starts off the the topic of 18a. So if you see the words Devei Rebbe Eliezer Ben Yaakov Tana. And what we're going to talk about is a source for the law that you can bring the Shavuos, the special Shavuos offering. Um, if you did not bring it on Shavuos, you can bring it um, for several days later. There are makeup days. So that's what we're going to talk about now. Today, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Tana. So the sages of the Academy of Rabbi Eliezer taught, Amarka, the verse says, Ukurasem uvekutsrechem. It says, and you shall... This is the word convocation, so you shall convoke it. And then it also says, when you reap. So meaning you shall make it sacred when you reap. Now, now what is the festival that you make sacred and you reap? And you reap. This is obviously a reference to Shavuos. Um, it's obviously a reference to Shavuos. Now, Amos. Now, when exactly do you both make the day sacred and um, and reap? Elim biyamtiv. If you're going to say it's on the day of Shavuos itself, Sira biyamtiv mishari. Are you allowed to reap on yamtiv? Of course you're not allowed. Are you allowed to harvest on yamtiv? Of course you're not allowed to. So, what is this day then that you both make sacred or you convoke and you reap? Elolav l'tashlumen. Rather, it must be that this verse is telling us that. There is a day that you can compensate, or there's a makeup day for the holiday of Shavuos to bring the sacrifice, thereby making it sacred, thereby convoking it. And it's also a day that you can reap because it's not the day of the festival itself. So that's the the source of the of the Academy of Rabbi Eliezer for this idea that the Shavuos offering has makeup days if you do not bring it on Shavuos itself. So now we have if you recall, we now have two different sources for the idea that Shavuos has makeup days. And even though the source of Rabbi Lazar in the name of Rabbi Oshia was stated, we need... So by the way, that source was about the linkage between Shavuos and Pesach. And just like Pesach, you have all the next six days to offer if you do not bring it on the first day of Pesach. So we link it, and we say the same thing about Shavuos. If you do not bring it on Shavuos, you have six more days to, to bring the sacrifice. So that seems to be a very good source. Yet we're saying, it's directly Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. You still need the source of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. Now, why do you need both sources? Why do you need this one and the one about the convocation being on the same day that you can reap? Because if we only knew the idea of making up for Shavuos from the teaching of Rabbi Lazar in the name of Rabbi Oshia, that has to do with learning from Pesach, Hava Amina, I may have thought, You may have thought that just like the makeup days for Pesach, you're not allowed to do forbidden labor, right? Because for the next six days after the first day of Pesach, you're not allowed to do forbidden labor. Um, and just to, to tangentially, it's not really that, obviously, during the five intermediate days of Pesach, 
you're allowed to do some forbidden labor, but there are still some people don't realize. But during the intermediate days, there are still there still is some forbidden labor. So during the next six days after the first day of Pesach, there is forbidden labor on all six days. Just the last day has more forbidden labor than the middle days. So you may have thought if you just had the learning of Shavuos from Pesach, you may have thought that just like the makeup days. For Pesach's offering, you're not allowed to do any. For you're not allowed to engage in forbidden labor. So too, the makeup days for Shavuos, you're not allowed to do forbidden labor. That's why we need the source of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov that tells us about the day that you make sacred. You can also reap on. Reap on is reaping is a forbidden labor, and yet it still tells us that you're allowed to do that. So now the question is, Now why isn't it enough just to have the source of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov that we call the day of convocation and it's a day of reaping? If we only would have had the source of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, now we're turning to 18a, to Yudches Amad Aleph, Lo Yodana Kama. If we only had the source of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, I would not know how many days of compensation or makeup there are because all it seems to say is that there's a day of makeup. There's a time where you can make up. Kamash Malandur, Belazar, Amar Ba'oshia, that's why we need the source of Belazar, Amar Ba'oshia, who learns from Pesach, so we know that there are six makeup days for Shavuos as well. Okay, now we're going to continue talking about this, this idea that Shavuos has makeup days. Um, we're going to bring another source for this. For Reish Lakish, Amar, Reish Lakish says, Vichag HaKatsir, the Torah says, and the festival of the harvest. Um, and it says the festival of the harvest, so the first fruits of your labor. Now, what is the festival on which you have a chag? Chag means a festival, but it's specifically you bring a sacrifice, the chagiga. So what is this festival that you both have the chagiga, that you bring the offering? And it's hakatsir, the festival of reaping, and you do the reaping. Um, which one is it? Amos. When is this? If you're going to say it's on the day of Shavuos itself, are you allowed to reap on the Yomtiv, on the day of Shavuos itself? Of course not. Rather, it must be that this verse teaches us that you can have that Shavuos has a makeup day. Okay? But now we're going to ask on this source of Rabbi Reish Lakish, because it's not so obvious, and there's an obvious question on it. Because what was Reish Lakish? Reish Lakish basically looked at the fact that the Torah refers to Shavuos as Chag HaKotzir, the festival of reaping. He says that it seems to imply that it's a festival. So it's you bring a sacrifice, the Chagiga, and it's HaKotzir. It's the festival of reaping, which seems to imply that you also reap on this day. But now we're going to show how that's not really um, a good interpretation. Amar Biochanan says, Elamiata, according to your understanding, that... The name that the festival is given says something about the day itself. So on Shavuos, the fact that it's called the holiday of reaping, it seems to be you're learning, Reish Lakish, that it's a holiday when you reap. But according to that, Chag HaAsif, you have the festival of Sukkot, which is referred to as the festival of the ingathering or the harvesting. Ezehu Chag Sheyeshbo Asifa, what is the festival that you... According to what you're saying, it's the festival where you actually do the harvesting or you actually do the ingathering of the crops. Havi Omer Zechaga Sukkos, are you going to say that this is the festival of Sukkos? Amos, when exactly would it be the festival? When exactly would you do the ingathering on Sukkos? Ilema Beyomtiv, if you're going to say 
it's on the yamtiv itself. Malacha biyamtiv mishari. Are you allowed to do forbidden labor such as ingathering crops on yamtiv itself? Of course not. Rather, are you going to say it's referring to the intermediate days of Sukkot? Are you allowed to do this type of labor, the ingathering, on Chol HaMoed? No, of course you're not. Rather, what does it mean? What does it mean when it says that, um, that it's called the Chag HaAsif, the festival of ingathering or of harvesting? It doesn't mean that it's the festival on which you do your ingathering. It just means it's the festival that comes at the time of the ingathering. It happens to be at the season of the year of ingathering. Hachanami, so so too in the case of Shavuos, where we called it the festival of reaping, it's not saying that it's the festival on which you reap. It's just saying it's it's a saying that it's the festival that comes at the time of the reaping but not that you actually reap on that day itself, okay? So now that we spoke about what's allowed, that you're not allowed to ingather, you're not allowed to harvest on Chol HaMoed, on the intermediate days of the festivals, now we're going to talk about the prohibition against performing some forbidden labor on the intermediate days, on Chol HaMoed. Michlal, so it can be inferred, that both Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, both opinions that we just mentioned, Reish Lakish, who thought he had a source that <clears throat> that Shavuos had a makeup day from the fact that it's called the festival of reaping, which seemed to imply that you're allowed to reap. That's a day on which you reap. And Rabbi Yochanan, who argued with that source, but the implication is is that both of them feel the chulo shel mohed aser basias malacha. That the intermediate days of a festival, that Chol HaMoed, is forbidden to do forbidden labor on. Now, Minahani Mili, from where do they know this? From where do they know this? That's the question we're going to ask right now. So the Gemara is going to answer as follows. The Tanur Rabbanon, the Rabbis taught. Eschag HaMatzos Tishmor, Shivas Yamim. The verse says that you shall guard the festival of Matzos, this Pesach festival, for seven days. Guarding, when we say the word guard in the Torah, it's a reference to there being forbidden labor. You have to guard yourself from forbidden labor. And it says for seven days. So this would seem to teach us that forbidden labor is prohibited on all seven days, including the intermediate days, which are chol hamoid. Right? So we learn that those days are also for um, are also prohibited to do forbidden labor on. Rabbi Yoshia, those are the words of Rabbi Yoshia. That's Rabbi Yoshia's source for Chol HaMoed having a forbidden labor prohibition. Now, no, everyone agrees that it's not all forbidden labors, it's specific forbidden labors, but that there are any forbidden labors is what we're looking for right now. Rabbi Yonasan Almer, Rabbi Yonasan says, You don't need a verse to tell you that you're not allowed to do some forbidden labor on Chol HaMoed, on the intermediate days. Kalvachomer. You can learn it through a Kalvachomer. How does the Kalvachomer work? As follows. If you take a look, for instance, let's use Pesach. If you take a look at the first and seventh days of Pesach, that don't have um, sanctity on the day before or the day after them. So the first day of Pesach, the day before, is a regular weekday. The day after is a lower level of holiness because it's Chol HaMoed. So there, it's a day that doesn't have before or after real strong sanctity. And the seventh day would be the same as well. And um, 
And yet, nonetheless, the first and seventh day are prohibited and forbidden labor. Then all the more so the intermediate days of the festival. That do have holiness before and after them. Do have the first and the seventh day. Then all the more so that they should be forbidden in prohibited and forbidden labor. That's the idea here. So the Brisa says, no, that doesn't really make sense. Let's take a look at the six days of creation. Because there is whole, if you take a look at the six days of creation, Sunday through Friday, there's holiness before and after them, meaning there's a Shabbat before and there's a Shabbat afterwards. And yet those six days are all allowed, you're allowed to do forbidden labor on them. Um, so we see that the fact that you have a holy day before and after you doesn't mean that all of a sudden forbidden labor is, or labor is going to be prohibited on those days. Now, the Brisa says that that's not really a good rebuttal of the source because Malashashis and Mabrashis, think about it, the six days of creation, Sheabahem Karba Musaf, they don't even have the Musaf offering that's usually brought on special days, right? On your regular weekdays, you don't have a Musaf offering. That may be why there it's not forbidden. It's not there's no forbidden labor on just a regular weekday. Tomar b'chulo shomoy, but can you say the same thing about the intermediate days of the festival? Sheyeshbo karba Musaf, that they are significant in that you bring a special holiday sacrifice on those days, and because and and we see from the fact that you bring a special holiday sacrifice on those days, therefore. That um, that we can then go back to our that kalvachomer that we suggested that argument that logical argument that we suggested that because they're days that have holiness before and after then you should they should be have forbidden labors on those days. So for that we say no. Rosh Chodesh Look at Rosh Chodesh, the first day of the new month. Sheyeshbo Korban Masav. It has a Musaf sacrifice that you bring on that day, and, that you're, and yet you're still allowed to do forbidden labors, you're still allowed to do labors on those day, that day. So if that's the case, then then there's no way that we can conclude that Chol Hamoy, the intermediate days of the festival, just because you have a Musaf, it does not mean that all of a sudden you also, they have forbidden labors on those days. So now, um, okay, but now we have a question, Mala Rosh Chodesh, no. Don't 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 tell me. Don't bring a proof from Rosh Chodesh from the first day of the new month. Rosh Chodesh is not known or not called a day of holy convocation. So maybe that's why Rosh Chodesh doesn't have forbidden labor. Tomar b'chulo shomoy. But are you going to apply the same logic to Chol Hamoid to the intermediate days? Shikare mikrakodesh that are called a days of holy convocation. Perhaps we should say that because they're called days of holy convocation, then it's logical that it should be prohibit. There should be prohibited labor on those days, like the Kalvachomer, like that logical argument originally showed us that because they're days that have holiness before and after, i.e., the first and seventh day, they should be forbidden in labor. There should be forbidden labors on those days. Okay, now we're going to bring another proof to show us that Chol Hamoid has is uh, prohibited in lab in some labors. We're going to we're going to do that right now. So Tani um, Idach, uh, we have another brisa that brings as follows: Komaleches Avodalo Sasu. The verse says, um, the verse says, you shall not do any melacha, any labor 
um, on that day for a seven-day period. Okay, that's what that verse tells us. So um, what it says is, is, on the first day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work or um, any work that has labor. That's Leviticus 23, 35. And then 36, verse 36 tells us, um, for seven days you shall bring a sacrifice to God on the eighth day as well um, it will be a day of holy convocation and then it finishes off telling us that you're not allowed to do any forbidden labor so what does it say here? it says for the seven day period you cannot do any labor so what does it say? so this obviously seems to teach us um, that on Chol Hamoid, which is part of the seven-day period, you're not allowed to do forbidden labor. You're not allowed. There are labors that are forbidden. These are the words of Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, You don't need this verse to teach you, or this connect two verses to teach you, the connection of these two verses to teach you that Chol Hamoid has forbidden labor. Harehu Omer, because the Torah very clearly says, about Chol HaMoed, about the intermediate days itself, Eile Moadei Hashem, these are the appointed festivals of God, that you shall, and then the verse goes on to say that shall be holy convocations, um, and um, the words holy convocation seemingly should mean that it's holy, how are they a holy convocation? That you're not allowed to do labor on those days. So it seems to say very clearly that on Chol HaMoed, during the intermediate days, you can't do any labor. Um, so let's let's uh, let's talk about how we know that this verse that says these are the appointed festivals of God that you shall proclaim as holy convocations. How do we know that this refers to Chol Hamoid and not the first or the last day of the holiday? What regarding what appointed festivals is the verse speaking? If you're going to say it's talking about the first day of the festival, specifically right now, it happens to be we're talking about Sukkot. If you're going to tell me we're talking about the first day of Sukkot. But concerning the first day of Sukkot, it already says that it's a Shabbason, it's a day of rest, which means that it's a day where you can't do forbidden labor. And now maybe you'll tell me, maybe you're going to tell me that it's a reference to the eighth day of Sukkot. It says that we already know that it says about the eighth day that it's a Shabbaton, it's a day of rest. So it, obviously, when we're telling you that an appointed festival is a day of holy convocation, and we're understanding holy convocation to mean that it's forbidden in labor, it's not a reference to the first or seventh day because we already have separate verses that teach us that those days are forbidden in labor. Rather, it must be that this verse, the verse that says appointed festivals being holy convocations is a reference to the intermediate days of the festival. To teach you that the intermediate days, the Chol HaMoid, also have a prohibition on their performance of labor. Okay, now we're going to bring another verse as a source for the prohibition against specific labor on Chol HaMoid. Tani Yidach, we have another b'raisa. The other b'raisa says, The verse says, For a six-day period you shall eat matzah, and on the seventh day it shall be in atzeres, which is a day of, the literally translates as restraint, um, or, or assembly. Um, so here the verse, here the Gemara, the Talmud is going to use the word atzeres, la'atzor, to mean restraint. So it says on the seventh day, it shall be a day of restraint to God. And the verse finishes off saying, you shall not perform any work. 
Now, what is the verse telling us? atsur. So, the fact that it says that there's a six-day period and then a seventh day, we see that there's a link between the first six days of the festival, right? There's the six days and then the seventh. Mashvi'i atsur. So perhaps the idea is, is as follows. It's teaching you. Um, so there's a link between the first six days as a group and then the seventh day. And what it's telling you is, is that just like the seventh day, you have an atseres, there's a day of restraint, restraint from doing forbidden labor. So too is the whole first group, all six first days, days of restraint or restraining from forbidden labor. And wherefore we learn that on Cholomoid, on the intermediate days, you're not allowed to do forbidden labor. Now, if that's the case, you may think that just like on the seventh day of Pesach, just like there, you are restrained from doing any one of the forbidden labors. Um, so, so too, the first six days, you are restrained from doing all forms of labor. Therefore, the verse says, That's why the Torah says specifically, on the seventh day, there shall be a restraint. To teach you that there's something different about the seventh day. The seventh day is restrained from the performance of all labor. But the other six days are not restrained from the performance of all labor, just some of them. So from here, we see that the verse, or that the Torah itself, gives... Um, the uh, gives the the particulars of the rules to the sages to decide. Meaning, because what we see here is that the seventh day has all labor forbidden, and on the sixth day, the first six days, um, which is really the, fir- the 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 middle five days, um, some labor is forbidden. Now, which labor is forbidden? So what the Gemara is saying is, is that this is the Torah's way of saying that the sages shall decide which labors are forbidden. Lomar lecha, so it's the it's in the sages' dominion domain to decide what are they deciding. Lomar lecha to tell you, eze yom asur to tell you which day is a yomtiv when all labor is prohibited. Ve'eze yom mutar and which day is the intermediate day when some labor when some when um when some labors are permitted. Ezo malacha asura and regarding the intermediate days itself, which labor is prohibited? Ve'ezo malacha mutaras and which labor is permitted? Okay. Um, maybe we'll stop here because that's the end of that topic. And next time we'll finish off at the end of 18A to talk about the last part of that Mishnah. Have a, uh, have a great, um, Moe Tov, a good Moe, have a great night.